Dazed and confused, my weekly market review, 15th of October, 2023. The stock market was open on Monday, although the bond market wasn't, and it had its first chance to react to the latest flare-up of the conflict in Israel and Palestine that broke out over the weekend. Wall Street tries to frame everything in dollars and cents because, well, that's its job. But it can also appear a little dazed and confused when it comes to having to suddenly price in geopolitical risk. After a predictable dip at the open, stocks recovered to push into positive territory by the close, driven higher not only by bouncing from an oversold position, but also by the market's attention being caught by suggestions from Fed officials that the bond market may actually be doing their job for them by driving interest rates higher. The interpretation being that no more rate hikes may be needed from the central bank. Gold and oil prices both shifted higher on the onslaught of news coming out of the Middle East. The feel-good factor continued into Tuesday, as stocks powered higher on the back of more Fed chatter, talking down the need for further interest rate increases. Traders also began to position themselves in front of Thursday's latest inflation figures. As always, when stocks move higher from being oversold, momentum was turbocharged by both BTFDers and algorithmic and program trading. Wednesday was quietly positive. The main event of the day was the release of the minutes of the most recent Fed interest rate committee meeting. The main takeaway was that Fed officials now see their policies to be restraining the economy as intended. Another update for most stock indexes, as this apparent central bank mood was deemed to make further Fed interest rate hikes even less likely. When the all-important consumer price index, CPI, measure of retail inflation, dropped pre-market on Thursday morning, we learned that inflation rose 0.4% from August to September, slightly more than the expected 0.3% pace. While the core rate, excluding food and energy, came in right at the 0.3% that was projected. The headline inflation rate remained unchanged at 3.7% annualized, but the more important, as far as the Fed is concerned, core version fell to 4.1%, its lowest in two years. Housing-related costs are proving to be particularly stubborn. While these numbers didn't move the needle much in terms of expectations, or lack of them, about a rate increase at the next Fed meeting, The apparent stickiness of inflation, also indicated by the previous day's producer price index measure of wholesale inflation experienced by manufacturers, did seem to bolster the higher for longer interest rate case, which is fewer and more delayed rate cuts in 2024 than the market has priced in. And stocks gave back much of the week's gains, with small caps particularly hard hit. The world may be falling apart, but the kickoff to Q3 earnings season on Friday showed that banks are still able to make good money. JP Morgan, Chase, Citigroup and Wells Fargo all reported positively. The broad stock market, however, meandered aimlessly lower throughout the day, but the S&P 500 just about managed to eke out a fractional gain for the week. The baseline is still for the Fed to hold rates steady for the rest of the year, but non-negligible risks of another rate hike do exist, 
although the market is still choosing to disregard this risk right now, which will make the reaction more violent if it does come to pass. It always helps to remain focused on the overarching drivers of the markets. And for right now, that is still the three pillars of the rally that I always talk about. Number one, no landing or soft landing. Two, disinflation. Three, Fed done or almost done with rate hikes. While these three underlying supports for stocks remain in place, the market could well remain largely range bound within, generally speaking, the 4,200 to 4,500 range for the S&P 500. In mid-September, the index was at the upper end of that range, trading around 4,500. Recently, the S&P 500 has traded down towards the bottom of that range, nearer to 4,200. Aside from U.S. government bonds starting to trade like effing GameStop, not much else has changed. Economic growth remains solid. There are still signs inflation is declining and the Fed is still done or almost done with rate hikes. S&P 500 above 4,500 seems unsustainable with market interest rates where they are. But equally, below 4,200 is not justified by any data and the still healthy state of the three pillars. So we may be saddled with bouncing around within this range until something breaks. Forced to choose, I would say that the list of what can go wrong to break us out of this range to the downside, continued yield spikes, growth growth slowing significantly, inflation bounce back, more rate hikes, geopolitical shock, oil price surge, banking stress, seems to be a little more on the cards than the list of what could go right to break us north through the upside. More and more Goldilocks data, immaculate disinflation, geopolitical surprise, Fed officially signals that it's done raising rates.